Steelers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Jordan. Once again, I'm my co-host, Cody, all the way from Texas. How are you doing today, Cody? Oh, James, I'm doing fantastic. You want to know why I'm doing fantastic, James? It's because yes. Texas yes, finally is. is starting to feel like home. And is it? It's it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we have a cold front coming through. It's it's not even that cold. It's funny. Oh man! Uh, but it's it's in the fifties. <laughs> no, I think it's actually a little bit colder than that. Um, I'll look it up real quick just because I'm actually curious. But uh, it, it's a little chilly. It's got a nice. It's thirty. Excuse me. It's thirty degrees right now. Oh, that's cold for you guys. Yeah, they got a they, they got a freeze thing going on. I have to run some water all night to make sure nothing goes bad. They're, it's just not the same. Like I don't know if buildings aren't built the same down here or what. Uh, They're but not insulated the same. It's it's wild. Yeah. Um. So stuff's going yeah. on with work in preparation for that. Had to deal with that today. So just a lot of fun stuff. But we're here to talk about football, James. How are you though? Before we get too far. I'm doing good, man. The games this last weekend went the way I was hoping they would. We're gonna give you our entire opinions on that. Uh, ending the show but we're going to talk a lot of Steelers talk first because there's a lot going on man which is exciting yep and James and I at the towards the end of the show are going to go over the main the main thing the main meat of this episode is going to be talking about the top five free agents that we think Pittsburgh should go after outside of our own free agents to clarify um yep. outside of people who are free agents on our team so real quick James we got to start off with the most important news it's hi honey I love you um <laughs> <laughs> my wife found my notes again and wrote on here that she loves me and i kiss out of nowhere and said i love you too yeah so, uh, so not that. that she listens anymore because she doesn't but appreciate it babe <laughs> all right go ahead and let's start off with who pittsburgh signed this past week that's right man it, it this was a frustrating thing when it went the other way around but here he is quincy roche former sixth round pick of the pittsburgh steelers back in black and gold uh, we signed him to a futures deal, which is fantastic. Now we get a chance to actually develop the young man, which we didn't get a chance to previously because nope. uh, we tried to sneak him from the 53-man. Well, they cut him on that that final roster cut down, and they were attempting yep. to put him to the um, practice squad, and he got poached away by the Giants. Uh, so we never got a chance to really develop him. Well, now he's back, uh, and there is that that glaring hole really at the backup outside linebacker position. Yep. Uh, so this is fantastic. This is somebody that they felt highly enough about to draft. The giants have already moved on from them. I really don't care about that because the Steelers and giants have differing opinions on linebackers. Hence yep. us grabbing Tay Crowder off of their practice squad. Uh, after he started like 30 games for them in two years. Yeah. Uh, fun so, fact about yeah. Tay Crowder. He was actually Mr. Yeah. Relevant. Was he really? Yep. I think nice. 20, I don't know how many years ago, but he was also Probably Mr. 2020, Irwin. wasn't he? I believe it was, it was 2020. 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got three years in the league now. So, yeah, I'm excited about Quincy Roche. I think uh, it doesn't necessarily take outside linebacker off the board for a possible no. uh, upgrade as far as the draft. I mean, if you can get somebody in the third or fourth round that, that fits what you're looking for a little bit better, hey, of course you do it. Uh, but it brings more competition, more high-level competition into the room. So, uh, very excited about him coming back and, and Pittsburgh getting a chance at one of their own draft picks once again. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Rooney had a interview uh, or a press conference, I should call it, not an interview, I shouldn't say. Yeah, I think it was like three different interviews and they kind of combined it all in one. To one. Um, but he yeah. talked about a lot of things. One thing was he he was very happy with how Mitch Trubisky played um this year and he does expect mitch mitch to be back next year and be the backup quarterback and he said that we can win games with him uh which yeah. was important to kind of hear that confidence in your backup quarterback 
Um, and I believe, did he not even compare him to Charlie Batch a little bit, which was wild? Um, uh, it's possible he might have. I yeah, think I, mean, I think it, I heard that. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear the whole thing. I just heard that that wasn't. You know, Dan Rooney when he does these these end of the year press conferences, interviews, whatever. There's usually some takeaway messages like. Uh, last year it was fix the run game. So in yep. the year before as well, you know, so they went out and they got a running back. They spent a bunch of money in free agency on some offensive linemen to get some upgrades there. Um, this year, if the owner says, Hey, I want the backup quarterback back. Uh, that kind of takes it off the table of cutting them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of figured Pittsburgh would cut them because it would have saved like 8 million in cap space and they're going to be up against it. So that's pretty much off the table now. Uh, the only the real question is, does Mitch want to come back? Because he's obviously not going to get a chance to be the starter there. Yeah, but I don't. And quite frankly, I don't think there's other places that he's going to have that opportunity. I, I truly do don't. I. Um, so yeah. I think there's a good chance that he comes back. Um, and I'm excited. Might as well. Eight million is a lot of money to be a backup. It's a lot of money. I'd take eight million to be anything. Let's be real. Uh, we're not going to go any deeper into that conversation, <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> he also Rooney also expects a game to be had in Mexico soon. I think the NFL is talking about the NFL has honestly been talking about expanding uh, and having European teams. So yeah, it seems like Germany is the target. Germany is definitely oh. the target. Very interesting. Yeah. in Germany, uh, the culture in Germany, they really can culture. Uh, so I could see it being successful, uh, but I'm kind of not on board with doing a team over in Germany because just the logistics are awful. They're talking about doing a division. They're talking about doing a division in Germany. Yeah, an entire division. That would be difficult as well. Very difficult. Uh, so yeah. the, the video that I saw that would explain this uh, would be it would still be two conferences, but there would be three divisions in each conference. I'll have to try and find that video and maybe tag it uh, in the comments of this or whatever. Uh, because yeah. I saw a video that broke it down, um, two conferences, three divisions each. I believe it was like six teams. I don't, I don't remember, or five teams maybe. I'll have to go look at it and find that again. Uh, but very interesting, and, and potentially having a team in Mexico maybe in the future. Uh, the NFL is trying the to Mexico, extend it. Yeah, the Mexico thing makes a lot more sense to me just because, You're not I mean, just over. like say, for example, the, the National Hockey League, they got like three or four teams in Canada. Uh, it makes sense. There's a Toronto Raptors up there. Yeah. yeah. Toronto Raptors in the NBA. Yeah. Like this is a, a common thing, uh, even in major league baseball, but that's not national major league baseball. It's so it's, yep. yeah, <laughs> but still you get the idea and there is a strong following for the Steelers in Mexico. So it does make sense for their international games to be played in Mexico. If you want top level results as far as viewership and attendance in the game. Yeah. Uh, so I will not be surprised also because it's kind of like there's a requirement for teams to do an international game and you're you're not being you're not volunteering, you're being voluntold. <laughs> Here's when yours is gonna be. It just makes sense in a in a league that is so heavy about making money. Uh you might as well put Pittsburgh in that game and and I'm hearing rumors that the Cowboys make sense as an opponent. They uh, definitely which, do. Somebody who's now yeah. right next to Mexico, uh yeah. It would that would be a very popular game in that area. Yeah, um, absolutely. For sure. And then the last thing mm -hmm. he said is Pittsburgh has to get better in the red zone. Um, yep, I didn't hear any. We can only agree, right? <laughs> you don't we can only say. Agree. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about in last week's show when we were talking about the difference from the first half of the season to the yep. second half of the season. A lot more 
successful drives as far as finishing with a score in the second half of the season. Now you just want to see the next logical step of progression of finishing more of those drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, And I think they're headed in the right direction on that. So I'm optimistic that, you know, Pittsburgh can, can kind of do the same thing that they did last year during the season adding five points per game. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect them to be able to get up into that 25, 26 points per game average uh, next season, which if they were to do that would put them in one of the top scoring teams in the league. Uh, I want to say that this weekend in one of the games, they said that the chiefs averaged like 29 points a game this last season. And that was number one scoring in the entire NFL. Yep. Uh, So it's not like teams are out there averaging 30 points a game. That's not a thing. Uh, But if you're in the mid twenties, you're one of the top scoring teams in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, even even if you look at it and say, hey, if Chris Boswell wouldn't wouldn't have missed eight kicks, that would have probably knocked it up another, you know, point per per game average. So, yep. yeah, definitely. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we have some Pro Bowl news, James. Yeah, yeah. So we have an opt out. T.J. Watt has decided to not participate. Uh, due to still having some nagging injuries he's trying to recover 100% from, uh, which makes sense because it still goes down as him being nominated for one. He still gets credit for going to one, uh, even though he does not participate in it, and there's not an actual normal game anyway. Uh, But it turns out that the alternate next in line was Matt Milano, which all I have to say to that is WTF, man. Like, really? Really? A middle linebacker, an off-ball linebacker is the first alternate to an outside linebacker pass rusher? I'm so irritated. This should have been Alex Highsmith. He should have got his first Pro Bowl because... Or somebody else. At least... Somebody that rushes the passer, maybe? In the position. That's what matters. That's the frustrating part to me is because... Like the way the Pro Bowl voting is, there's more teams that are four three teams than there are three four teams. Oh, 100%. And it seems like the players that are in the three four defenses have a distinct disadvantage. Yep. Because your off ball linebackers, like in a four three, all of them are off ball linebackers. They're all going to get like 100 plus tackles pretty easy. So we're just going to vote a bunch of off ball linebackers in and never any pass rushers. Might as well at this point. I guarantee you. That 14 and a half sacks and, and five forced fumbles that Alex Highsmith had is a much better resume than what Matt Milano put together this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really weird by that. But again, at least Alex or at least TJ Watt does still get his Pro Bowl. But unfortunately, Alex Highsmith was robbed from potentially his first. Um, yeah, what would now, have been his first. There is potential also here with uh, the Chiefs being one of the teams advancing to the Super Bowl, that means Chris Jones will not be going to the Pro Bowl. Um, We're still speculating at this point. We haven't heard anything official on uh, who's going to be replacing him, but Cam Hayward was a uh, replacement, like whatever, a runner-up kind of guy for the defensive line for the Pro Bowl. So there's a possibility there that Cam will end up going to the Pro Bowl after all as an alternate uh, to Chris Jones. So cross your fingers. Hopefully we'll find that out, I'm sure, within the next couple of days here, and we'll we'll tell you about it on the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. And James, let's go ahead and let's talk about the playoff games. We're not going to talk about them very long. It's going to be pretty short, okay. and then we'll get into our free agents. Um, Cincinnati lost. That's great for us because they're a division rival. We don't necessarily want them to do well. I'm upset that we're seeing Patrick Mahomes in his third Super Bowl already. I don't want another Tom Brady. I looked at the numbers and the, the, the lineup in the last 10 years, five, the last five years, uh, Patrick Mahomes has been in the in the championship game and the five years prior 
Tom Brady was in all those championship games. So I'm just over it. I'm just, I don't want it to happen again. I like seeing new people go and have the opportunity, especially if Pittsburgh's not in. It's fun to see different teams get involved. Um, yeah. So I am rooting heavily for Philadelphia in this game. Uh, and obviously Philadelphia won their game. But um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about the AFC game. Oh, you have a lot you yeah. want to say, a little bit at least. Yeah, a little bit. I'm a little different from you on the thing because I feel like uh, the the thing that irritated me about Brady is how many times he and the Patriots got caught cheating and then still were allowed to retain their championship trophies. Uh, that to me was just the cardinal sin there, and that's what, the reason that I didn't like Brady throughout his career. That's fair. Uh, because it was so smug. He was like, I, I don't care. I'm going to cheat every time I get a chance because no one's going to do anything about it. Yep. Uh, the punishments were never even really against him. They were against the team, against the ownership. Like Even against Belichick. Suspended. Yeah, yeah, even against Belichick. Uh, I don't know how Brady didn't get suspensions for, for some of the stuff he did, but somehow he was able to wash his hands of it every time um, and have just enough plausible deniability. But uh, to me, it was a, a, a real big difference in this game. The Chiefs got after Cincinnati right out of the gate. They showed that they had a much better pass rush than what Buffalo had uh, and were much more stout against the run. Uh, the backup offensive linemen that played in the game against the Bills were the same exact ones that played against the Chiefs. The difference is they were not effective because the Chiefs players played so much better on that defensive front. I mean, they had four sacks by the end of the first quarter, uh, yeah. and it was pretty obvious that that offensive line was drastically overmatched. Uh, yeah. Put Joe Burrow in a situation where he was making uncharacteristic mistakes uh, I'm not here to say that I think Joe Burrow is the next coming of Joe Montana or anything, but dang it, the kid looks really good so far in his career. Uh, yes. This was not his best game. Uh, yeah. He was intercepted twice easily, could have been intercepted four times, had one called back on a pass interference, which was legitimate. Yep. Uh, the defender did hit the receiver early, uh, but there was another play earlier in the game where a defender dang near intercepted the ball and it just barely got out of his fingertips. Uh, just a, a, as far as Joe Burrow's performance, not his best game. No, uh, even a couple of those touchdown passes were just YOLO balls that the wide receivers went up and got. Yep. Yep. yep, yeah, just great plays by the wide receivers on balls that were. I mean, he throws it up there and gives his receiver a chance to go make the play, uh, but that does give defenders a chance to make the play as well. Yep. Um, and then the the other game, uh, 49ers at Philly, uh, that game was wild. Uh, I did see a video of uh, Nick Bosa being there to support his – no, Nick, Joey. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, Joey. Whatever brother yeah. was there and uh, fans <laughs> – Yeah, he was getting taunted real bad. <laughs> those Philly fans are savage, to say the least. They're brutal. Um, they yeah, are. They heckled and, the and, Jesus and out I'll of say them. this. I'll say this. It sounds like playful. I think Philly fans, at least th those ones and stuff, they got no respect for anybody. I mean, even no, no, they got no fear. I wanted to be. I wanted to be made aware that I'm not like, haha. They heckled him. No, they were being immensely rude. Um, and quite frank, I don't know. It was a mess. But anyways. Philadelphia is the real deal by a long shot. Um, <laughs> what an incredible defense, huh? Crazy defense. And unfortunately, they did, you know, San Fran did lose their starting quarterback in Brock Purdy, who was technically their third or fourth string quarterback, realistically. Mm -hmm. um, and very unfortunate yep, and to then, see how it happened. And then Joe Johnson, the fourth string quarterback, got a concussion and he was out of the game. Yep. So it, Christian McCaffrey. No <laughs> yeah. yeah, they went wildcat with McCaffrey, and that obviously is not going to work against 
uh, a defensive front like what the Eagles have with yeah. just pro bowler after pro bowler, first round pick after first round pick. It's a very, very stout defense. And just some just some young studs that got away from other good teams, you know, and just how that works yeah. for, for Philly. So we'll get to that yeah. later. Yeah, sometimes it's a third round pick that you wish you could have been able to resign, <laughs> but you're up against it in the cap and it wasn't possible. Yep, but he's a free agent again. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Ooh. these free agents that we want to go after, James. Um, Speaking of free agents that we want to come to Pittsburgh. Do you want to do, you wanna do uh, one and one or all your five, yes. all my five? Yes, I want to do one and one. And, okay, and I want to get the, the defensive lineman yeah. out of the way first because we yeah. both have two defensive linemen. We kind of we discussed positions. We don't know who we have. We definitely know who mm-hmm. one of the person we have. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, and I think at this stage, most of you listening also know exactly where we're going with this first one. Uh, Jay Von Hargrave, former third-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, currently a Pro Bowl defensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles. His contract is up. Yep. He could become a free agent. Now, this is the asterisk on this whole list for both of us. As of right now, all the guys that we're going to tell you about are scheduled to be free agents. That doesn't mean that they won't get contract extensions from their current teams. Correct. Uh, so it could be that none of these guys end up available uh, or only some of them become available. Uh, or that Pittsburgh doesn't right even now, go after them. These are guys that yeah. we think it would be fun to have on our team, or we would love yeah. Pittsburgh to get. That's all. We would think they'd be good fits, or we love the talent, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so Javon Hargrave topped my list out right away. Uh, would love to have him back. There's a big need at the nose tackle position for Pittsburgh. Also in the nickel defensive tackle position, where we need a second guy that can rush the passer, uh, at a level at least somewhat close to what Cameron Hayward can do it. Yep. Uh, even if you got a guy that can get you seven or eight sacks a year again. Or 11. In the right direction. But yeah, 11 <laughs> like two it did the one time. How many did Hargrave no. have this year? 11. He, 10. he had 11. He had 11, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's exactly what you want. Uh, you can put him next to Cam Hayward and consider your front four the best in the entire NFL. Oh, easily. High Smith, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, uh, and then plug Hargrave there. Uh, the money is going to be the issue there, but I think that Pittsburgh can clear some cap space. That would be my number one target if I'm Pittsburgh on outside free agents. And Cody, I think you're agreeing. I agree with number one as well. I agree. Yeah. I do have him as well. I do. I And I, I didn't order them. I just kind of did them. But I, if I did order them, I would probably have J- Javon Hargrave as number one um, on this list. Uh, I'm not going to go in order after that necessarily, but that was my one. James, do you want me to do my other defensive lineman just to be, just to see? Um, Yeah, let's get those guys out of the way. So this guy is a former first round draft pick. He went 19th overall. um, And he's been on the same team, or he's been actually in the same division his entire career, uh, which is, he's been on three different teams in the same division. So he was drafted by Buffalo uh, Mm -hmm. in back in 2016. And he played with Buffalo for four years, went to Miami then went to the Jets for a year and now ended his, he had a one year deal with Buffalo again. And obviously they're out of the playoffs now. Shaq Lawson uh, is my oh. other defensive lineman, defensive end specifically. Uh, not a guy that's going to put up double digit sacks more than likely, but going to be consistent, going to apply pressure, going to be stout, fairly stout against the run and holding runs from getting too far outside. So Shaq Lawson is another guy. Again, he's 28 and almost going to be 29 before the season starts. Um, so a little bit on the older side, but again, you're, we, we're going to lose, you know, Alu Alu, we're probably losing to it. You know, all these guys are going to be getting older and aging out. Um, not that he's, he's not drastically younger, but Shaq Lawson gives us some flexibility there 
and I like what I see out of his game plan. Now he's correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he more of a four three end? So he'd he, probably be a three four outside linebacker. He for is, but I think we could utilize. I think he could kind of make that transition to play end for us. I don't think he's. He might have to either put on weight or you know this yeah. or that. Um, but I like him being uh, even if he came in as a and they wanted to use him as an outside linebacker. I, I'd be down for that mm. as well. Shaq Lawson's a great uh, player. Yeah, and I think good, he, I think he could provide that. Passer, no doubt. Yes, he could provide the pass mm-hmm. rush from the outside linebacker position. A little bit bigger than I think we normally go with outside linebacker, but yeah, um, he's kind yeah, of in that in between mold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that two seventy kind of mm-hmm. mold. All right, now my number two guy, and again, I don't really necessarily in order. Other yep. also, uh, but yeah, Javon Hargrave would have definitely topped my list if yep. there were an order to it. Uh, number two in the defensive line. Uh, I actually have a lesser known guy uh, who really popped at me this weekend. And when I saw him on the free agent list, I said, yeah, that's the kind of guy Pittsburgh could really use. Derek Nandi of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Derek is as thick as it gets in his legs, his midsection, his upper body. He is a very stout individual against the run uh, and has some good mobility to him as well. Uh, so this is somebody that you could plug in there at the nose tackle position. Could give you a little bit of juice as a pass rusher as well. But one of the biggest opportunities Pittsburgh had was against the run. They weren't real great against the run. They need to get some guys with some size and some ability to anchor against the run. And I think Derek Nandi would be a, a plug-and-play nose tackle uh, day one for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't expect Nandi to go back to Kansas City. He has... Uh, progressively lost percentage of snaps since 2019, his second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at 53% snaps, 45, 40, and then this year only 32% of their snaps played. Mm-hmm. So, Which uh, kind of shows you that he's probably a little more of a run stopper because you're not using him on the pass rushing downs as much, yep. uh, which is fine because Pittsburgh needs a guy that can specialize in stopping the run because we just don't have one right now. Very true. Uh, and if he's getting that little bit of usage, you might be able to get him at a lesser dollar amount as well. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and talk about my middle linebacker that I want us to get. Uh, this guy has five Is years. Is it your favorite safeties, brother? No, it's it's not my favorite safeties, <laughs> brother, at all. Um, former first round pick in 2018. The guy is has been in the year or been in the league for five years and is not even 25 years of age right now. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Write it down. Tremaine <laughs> Edmonds. You know who it is. Um, yep. Not not necessarily a massive stat stuffer uh but he plays the position well and doesn't always get beat the way that some of our middle linebackers get beat um in the passing game and especially sometimes getting run over in the run game he's a bigger guy he's bigger than i think all of our middle linebackers on the team currently oh, uh, by, by a, far isn't he like six four yeah, or six five or something he's, he's i don't big. know exactly he is very large um he has five interceptions and- five interceptions yeah, on ahead, his I'm career sorry. two forced fumbles <laughs> Um, and he, and he occasionally gets sacks. He's been in the league five years. He has seven sacks on his career. Um, not that that's my smallest concern. We rarely ever blitz our middle linebackers on passing downs. Um, but if you can apply some pressure there as well, that's great to have. Um, but he would, he would cause havoc in those passes over the middle to the tight end or the slants because he's just that big. Um, and again, this is, if Pittsburgh's going to keep Terrell Edmonds on the team, why not get another brother squad on there? Um, yeah, so that's where yeah, I'm at. Trey's career is over. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be an excellent addition. It would be the 
big, tall, highly athletic uh, off-ball linebacker that I think Pittsburgh desperately needs to add. Um, you know, you can get guys that are six foot and six one and five eleven and thumpers and yep. and that's great. But I think part of the biggest problem that Pittsburgh has had has been against uh, covering tight ends, or that's just been an issue. Uh, you need taller, highly athletic middle linebackers to take away some of those passing lanes. Uh, and Tremaine Edmonds would absolutely do that. So he'd be a real nice addition. Yeah, or uh, potential strong number- safeties. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Um, <laughs> my number three is a name that will be familiar to a lot of people. Uh, a wide receiver. Uh, you might remember him as a... Uh, USC wide receiver. Oh, I know where we're going now. Well, one Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster. I would love to bring him back into the... Uh, one of the issues with the wide receiver core last year was getting yards after contact. Uh, and Juju always goes forward after he catches the ball. Extremely reliable hands. Excellent blocker. Always giving effort. Always trying on every single play. In uh, a good lead by example kind of guy on the field uh, and still young, just like you were talking about with Tremaine Edmonds. He yep. came into the league. I think he was only like 19 or 20 years old. Yep. Uh, so Juju's probably only like 25 or something right he's now. He's 26 uh, right now, but he's been in the league six years. So, yeah. So plenty of good football still in front of him. Uh, and with the uncertainty of Deontay Johnson and Deontay going into the last year of that extension, uh, you need to do something in a, uh, a good, well-rounded wide receiver like that as your number three would be fantastic. Uh, you know, you got somebody that can help move the chains. Yep. Uh, so I would love to see Juju back in the black and gold. I would say that I would also enjoy seeing Juju back or James Washington, two guys that are not on my list, but either one of them I would take back, quite frankly, over Deontay Johnson. Um, the next guy on my list uh, is going to be a guy by the name of, uh, I'm not going to even say it yet. Uh, drafted by New Orleans in, I want to see if you know, drafted by New Orleans in 2016 Mm -hmm. in the second round, 61st overall, went to Ohio State, uh, plays currently for a divisional rival, uh, and will no longer be playing again after this weekend. Seven years in the league, 28 years of age, Von Bell, uh, would love to have a strong safety of Von Bell's, uh, stature and just ability, quite frankly. Von Bell, to me, is all the things that, Terrell Edmonds was supposed to be Um, big hitter, good against the pass, good against the run. You're not going to see any crazy stats um, as far as uh, like tackles for loss or anything like that from him. But he had two forced fumbles and four interceptions this year. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, I think that's like three or four years worth of work for Terrell Edmonds. Exactly. Um, exactly. Now, granted, granted, it is for him too. I'll, I'll tell you right now, he's never had more than one interception in a season until this year, and he's only had six for his career. So, I mean, most of his interceptions happened this year. But again, at 28 years of age to be able to do that, I would take that over what we've been getting out of Terrell Edmonds um, any day of the week. But again, this is this is assuming Pittsburgh doesn't bring Terrell Edmonds back. That's the only way that this would even remotely get close to happening. Uh, but Von Bell would be fun to see him go from division rival to division rival um, and get him on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the black and gold. So that's my uh, strong safety. James, do you want me to do my last one? Because you have one yeah, more too, I right? Just, I got two left. So. Oh, then go ahead and do your, your other one. Yeah. So my number four guy uh, is me looking at the future here and saying, I think, 
possibility that the Steelers are not going to be able to retain Zach Gentry. Uh, if they do retain Zach Gentry, this becomes kind of a moot point. Uh, but if they're not able to, then you're looking for a number two tight end uh, who is a good blocker, reliable, uh, good hands. Uh, I think I know who it is. I know who it is. System. I know. I can't believe I didn't know it already. I know who it is. <laughs> Might be 81 in your programs, but he's number one. I would love to see a reunion of Jesse James in the black and gold. Again, assuming the departure of Zach Gentry, you don't even have to worry about it. Number 81 stays in the same exact position from Gentry back to James where it belongs. Uh, and I like Zach Gentry. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Jesse James is not all that old either. No, he's not. He's 28 and 247 days, I think, right now. Um, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm probably dead accurate uh, with, with my numbers. But... Mm-hmm. I will say this. I completely forgot about Jesse James, and that's not who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> who did you think I was going to say? Mike Jacecki, another Penn State boy. Oh, no. He can't block to save his life. That's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Mike Jacecki, I'd bring him in. Receiver and just, yeah, don't even bother lining him up at tight end. Yeah. So fair enough. There's, there's Jesse James. All right. Do your last guy real quick, and then I'll do my last one. All right. My last one. Uh, is a quarterback. And again, this is with me looking at it and saying there's a glaring hole in the backup quarterback position, especially if something happens and Mitchell Trubisky says, hey, I want out of here. Um, Even if he is retained, you probably want a a third-string quarterback with some experience, Um, maybe a real smart guy, Uh, maybe a guy that's a rocket scientist. Uh, One Joshua Dobbs, I've talked about it before, He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I would love to see Josh Dobbs back in the black and gold. Um, I think he'd be the best number two quarterback. I think he'd even be a better option than Trubisky because he's a smarter dude. He understands defensive schemes better than Trubisky does and sees the field better. Um, So I would love to have him as a pseudo quarterbacks coach slash backup quarterback, even if he is just the number three on the team. Uh, I would love to have him back in the black and gold, and I would – feel very good about the position having him to back up Kenny Pickett and help with the development of Kenny Pickett. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was very open about how much he loved Josh Dobbs. And he would always tell people after a game, oh, that one play that went for a touchdown. Yeah, that was something that Josh saw and, and Josh called that play and we ran it and went for a touchdown. Like that was a common thing when Dobbs was backing up Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can only hope to have backup quarterbacks with that kind of football IQ uh, and honestly real dangerous as far as a scrambler as well. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that because Josh jobs wasn't even on my list um, as available. Yeah, it players. wasn't on mine either, but I know he's a free agent. So yeah. So that's weird. Um, yeah. All right. My last one is a, another guy on the defensive side of the, the ball. Uh, this player has been in the league for five years. He was a uh, undrafted player back in 2018 uh, only played in one game in his rookie year, and then all 16 his second year, 12 his third, 11, and then only five this past year. Um, and I can't remember. If, I'm assuming that was due to injury, but I honestly can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. One guy Sounds by the like name it. of Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, or Mosley. Okay. Excuse me, Mosley. Why did I say Mosley? Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, 49ers <laughs> cornerback. Uh, has one interception every single year. Minus his rookie year, where again, he only played one game. Uh, This is a guy that could come in and give us some depth 
to the cornerback room that we're struggling with right now. Again, you're not going to see, um, in my opinion, crazy numbers out of him, but you'll see consistency for him to go. You know, he's lost games over the years, but I think he'd come in and be a good solid backup in case we deal with an injury. Um, also, depending on what happens in our cornerback room as it is right now, because we don't know who's staying and who's going. So yeah, yeah, we'll that's have a to, real big question mark right now. <laughs> have to wait and see for that one for sure. Um, but those are my five guys. And then they, James, those are your five guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun exercise, Cody. It was I'm glad very you came fun. up with that idea. Very fun. And if you guys listen to this and you guys want to know, um, or if you guys want to share with us who your top five would be, or even your top ones, if there's someone you're like, Pittsburgh needs to go out and get him. Comment on the video on YouTube or let us know in the comments on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you see this post come up, or even if it's on Podbean, let us know. Uh, we'd love to share that with the audience next week on the show. So again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening. Before we go, James, we got to talk about um, the Shriner and the All-Star. Yeah, the East-West Shrine East West Bowl and the Senior Bowl. Both of these coming up this week here. Uh, Thursday is going to be the East-West Shrine Bowl, uh, featuring a lot of guys that are typically fourth round and later prospects. I'm hearing really good things about Juice Scruggs already. Uh, that's the Penn State Center uh, just dominating. They're saying he's the best offensive lineman on his team. I think he's on the West squad there. Uh, so lots of fun reports going on of, of people and how they're looking. Uh, the Senior Bowl will be on Saturday. Uh, that's usually your higher-end prospects. So uh, a lot of fun stuff. We're going to watch those games. We're going to get your reports on guys that we think had good games uh, for our upcoming show on Monday since that will be the one after uh, where that bye week is. In between uh, this week and the Super Bowl, there's one week off. Typically, where the Pro Bowl is as well. I don't know how much of that I'm going to watch. <laughs> but I don't even know what it's going to be doing like this like year. Skills competitions and stuff this year. I think they're doing like a 40 yard dash competition and, and fun stuff like that. So, yeah, let's just pull a hammy at the Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. Also, for any of you guys that are into video games, I did just start making a YouTube. Uh, collaboration kind of thing with Matt, like Madden playing games. I'm, I'm using the Steelers. Uh, if you want to see how this year could have played out differently for us, go check that out. That'll be linked in the description as well. So again, this is James and Cody signing off. Peace.